Hey, you okay? Oh, damn enchiladas. Oh. You gonna be all right? Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of It's the Damn Enchiladas, the podcast, where we mostly talk about horror movies with a splash of video games, television, comic books, and beer. I am Carlos Rivera. As always, the pen folds my danger mouse, my partner Adam Griffin. Follow us on the Red Hot Twitter machine, handles in the show notes, and the show at It's Dem Dam, and on Instagram at It's Dem Damn Enchiladas Podcast. We are now in, towards the end of May, sort of, not really, but halfway through, more than halfway through. Still quarantined. So, what are you up to, Griff? <sighs> Quarantine, isolation. I know one thing's for sure. Technology hurts my soul. <sighs> what a debacle. What a frustrating thing. All these, all these gadgets are. All these gizmos. All these doodads with their circuitry and wires and whatnot. But, we're here for another week. I'm doing okay. How you feeling? I'm doing spectacular. Mm. It's Thursday. Um, my work week is done. Oh, that's a plus. That's nice. It should have been done two days ago, but someone had to call out sick. Bleh. Mess up my plans. Bleh. Yeah, so guess what? Guess what? I'm off all Memorial Day weekend. All of the damn Memorial Day weekend. With nowhere to go. Nowhere to go, because we're all stuck. Got a bottle of Jack. In the house with a bottle of Jack Daniels. Not all of us, just one of us. Just one of us with a ja- bottle of Jack? Bottle of Jack. They bought. Probably going to listen to some, some Smiths and get some depressed. Some Smiths get depressed with a bottle of Jack. And, and then in go, the back, house. Go, go back to work on Wednesday like, ah! Wednesday. Fuck isolation. Ah, ah. Quarantine. Bad quarantine. Yeah. I'm not doing any of that. Uh, we, <laughs> we got... <laughs> Fair enough. We got a... Uh, uh, last drive-in tomorrow. Uh, Chattanooga Film Festival online through Memorial Day itself. And uh, let's see how things go. Uh, this past week of the last drive-in was week four. And the movies were Troma's War with special Lloyd Guest, Lloyd Kaufman himself. Did you just say special Lloyd Guest? A special. Probably did. I don't know. It's been a. It's been a. It's been a, m- it's, it's been a year. It's been, been a long time. Lloyd Kaufman was the guest. He is special, but he was also a special guest. Uh, Troma's War was the first movie, and the second movie was One Cut of the Dead. Which Ooh. was an excellent choice. My accompanying picks for the week are Tropic Thunder, because it too dabbles in things it shouldn't be dabbling with, and the last horror film. 
starring Joe Spinell. So, Last Drive itself kind of took a hit uh, in, in the fan base last week, and I wanted to talk about it. Um, I know I sent you and Mark a link to an article on Fangoria uh, written by Danielle Ryan, and the title of it is called Let, Let Us In on Horror Inclusivity. Now, I'm, I'm not going to run through the whole thing because we, we have limited time on the show. Um, but what happened was that um, LGBTQ horror fans were just looking for a bit of accountability uh, from Joe Bob Briggs concerning uh, articles he wrote and uh, ended up getting a lot of vitriol from some fans uh, in return. Now, you know, it, this is a terrible situation just for, you know, some fact that, you know, you shouldn't be harassing folks and jumping into folks' mentions. And yeah, I know, I know things get passionate on the internet, but um, your excitement and passion for a topic or a show or anything does not mean that you get a license to abuse and harass people and use slurs and stuff like that. Uh, just don't do it. You know, feelings get hurt, things are said, yes, but saying that or, or, or having the mentality that no, that's just how people act. You know, that, that, that leads to a kind of mindlessness that I don't like as far as dealing with people is concerned. Um, so that said, um, let's get into it here. Uh, did you did you take a look at the article? You have any thoughts? Uh, I sure did. I, I read the uh, I did read the article. I don't know. People are dumb. This is my uh, it's my Cliff Notes version for yeah. all you fans out there. People are dumb. You know, there's a there's a difference between free speech and you know hate speech. Just because you you know you have the right to say something. Shouldn't go around saying stupid stuff. We're all here having a good time, trying to watch some good horror movies, you know, trying to make the best of, especially the situation now with this quarantine. And we don't, we don't need people making this, this into a, a, like a fraternity or some like exclusive club. This is, we shouldn't. Unfortunately, the article has to be written because this yeah. is where this is where we are. Yeah, oh yeah, uh, definitely. And it, and it feels like uh, every couple of years, it's 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 a different group that's that's you know that's fighting fighting their uh, fighting their way in to something else, and they should that they shouldn't have to. I mean, right. Yeah. Horror, horror is for everybody. You know, just like video games. Video games should be for everybody. Yeah. We had we had to deal with that bullshit couple years ago uh, and now I mean it's it's, it's frustrating because fortunately I don't read all that stuff it makes me happy that I don't read that stuff yeah um, but knowing that it is unfortunate that the whole situation even arose uh, things were said things were written yeah um, but I know that uh, Mr. Briggs took accountability yeah for the things that were said uh for the things that were written but it's just it's just there's in every group there's always people who uh who who feel a need to uh to alienate 
and to fight. Just fight. Yeah. Sucks. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I think what it comes down to is, you know, is accountability is one thing. And just, just awareness of others. And I know people like to throw buzzwords around about uh, political correctness and, and, and all this garbage. Like, just forget that stuff. It's just about awareness and human decency for other people. And, uh, you know, you don't need to, any, nobody needs to denigrate or demean others in general in order to present ideas or opinions we have about things or worldviews. You know, you just gotta just take a breath. Just, just, just think. Yeah, you know, I, I really, I really am interested. Uh, 10, 15, 20 years from now, to see when the light bulb finally goes off for everybody, and we really realize how much that social media and all this bullshit fucked up our brains. You know. I couldn't agree with you any more than that. So yeah, uh, you know, just uh, I, I wanted to touch on that. I know I did not do uh, the topic justice, um, but I can't. I can't speak for an entire community. Uh, I can only speak for myself. Hopefully, you know, I did right by us in the podcast, uh, bringing it up. Um, if anybody wants to talk, we're here. You know, we are on Twitter. Got a hashtag. Handles and show notes. Uh, but yeah, just uh, from this one on, it's just about moving forward with accountability and positivity. Yes. So yeah. It's accountability and positivity. That should be a slogan. Yeah, we all need it. T-shirt. T-shirt. 2020. <laughs> Proceeds will go somewhere good. To my pocket. <laughs> oh, jeez. Speaking Wait, of what? accountability oh. <laughs> and positivity... Um, did you know that um, if you engage in, in a behavior concerning hashtag enough for a minuscule possibly um, never going to happen type of thing that you might eventually get it wait what ignore my rambling because I'm referring to uh, the past two and a half years of rambling concerning one particular cut of the Justice League movie. Oh, uh, oh, that's oh, that's my reaction. Now that it clicked in my head. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, we're we're gonna talk today. Um, HBO Max announced that they will release uh, Zack Snyder's approach to his Justice League project. I refuse to call it by its name referring to what cut it is because and looking in the news about this it's not that it is a project that's going to be released in 2021 so it was not living in you know in a fully finished form it is his presentation of the material it's being marketed as uh, the culmination of the Snyder Cut movement and you know I'm of two minds of this I will present the positive mind first and then I will go to the part that makes me very apprehensive. A uh, positive thing is that he gets to finish his, his vision for his plans for whatever the Justice League was going to be. Um, he left the movie under horrible, unfortunate circumstances. 
that cannot be stressed enough so you have to keep that in mind when talking about the whole thing uh so he gets to come back and do this which is you know it's good for uh for on a creative standpoint for somebody to be able to come back and get their shot to finish the tale that they were going to tell but i do not like how this is being presented and sold in the media i don't like the feeling it gives me you know for two and a half years a lot of people got harassed over just innocuously mentioning Zack Snyder and the Justice League movie. Uh, Joss Whedon gets thrown under a fucking bus regularly by overzealous folks for just, you know, coming in, stepping in and finishing the picture. The feverishness surrounding this whole thing makes me uncomfortable. Because, you know, I've liked a lot of properties in my time, but, man, this kind of stuff, this kind of zealousness freaks me out in an uncomfortable way you know well listen <laughs> this is absurd first off absurd HBO Max is just they're 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 bullies first off I'll say it <laughs> bunch of bullies thinking that the, this they're, the platform that they're creating is going to be a launching pad for the SC, shall we call it? I don't know. Listen. I am on record as saying I hated the movie. <laughs> hated the movie. I didn't find any redeeming qualities in the movie. So, is this going to bring something to light that makes me appreciate the movie more? Probably not, in my case. It would have to be a lot to overcome what went down in that film but yeah this this whole campaign for this thing for the last like you said two and a half years it's been nauseating and tiring like okay the movie did what it did great you know the guy the guy couldn't finish the film it's, it's not his fault but we go on we move on let it die. Let it be in peace. Let it flounder away into infinity or whatever, man. I'm tired. I'm tired of hearing about this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I I was thinking about how far this thing could go. Because it's not even, they don't, um, and here's the really, like, it's not, it's not this mythical thing, you know, because they're, it feels like they're working backwards towards forward success. It just makes, I mean, it just gives me a really bad feeling. Like they don't, they think it's gonna be like they, it might be in installments. Like it might be four to six hours long. They don't. There's no definitive answer as to what this thing's gonna look like. It's not a complete cut of a film. They're assembling this final product that uh, only exists in like. 2016 2018 it's nuts and like that you know not in a zany way in kind of a mind-boggling way i think this this thing has got a life of its own yeah and um now had they do had they done this sooner had they done this sooner i may not have been i may not be so angry about it mm -hmm. as i am now I'm like oh okay you know when they could have they could have easily put it out when um 
when it came out on Blu-ray or a year after the movie came out, you know, like, oh, look, year, year anniversary, let's put it out. No. That's not what they did. They let it linger. And let everyone die. Like, I'm going to say the words, all right? So uh-huh. I, I apologize. Uh-huh. If I had to hear the word Snyder Cut <laughs> one more time in my in my timeline. Yeah. Every, every day. Yep. Every day of the week yep. Yep. of yep. the year for the last two and a half years. Like, when are we going to see the Snyder Cut? When are we going to see the Snyder Cut? Oh, my God. Like, they gave in. They gave in. They gave in. They gave in. And they're hoping. This is a money grab, and I get it. This is in in, in the end. So all we're trying to do is make money. Yeah. It disgusts me. <laughs> yeah, I yeah I hope for the best, but it's gonna be a long year. And like, what if this thing is successful? It's like, what if this thing overcomes every possible boundary and obstacle? And it somehow ushers in this new era of prestige, A-list superhero uh, storytelling on premium television. You know, like, what if he gets to do his fable part three where he kills Batman? Whoops, I shouldn't have said that. Oh, no. (laughs) Now you're just, now, now, now you're just trying to anger me. (laughs) Not even, not even like the fans or anything. You just, you just I, don't want, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> I, I had to because it, it it seemed like he was setting up a Final Crisis adaptation. It was weird. Oh, <laughs> listen, the guy was doing something. I give him credit for having a vision. Yeah. Like at the end of the day, everyone you know, <laughs> everyone's entitled to their opinions and visions. I, I don't have to like it though. This is true. And at least you know, at, at least it's happening, and now we can we can keep our eyes open and, and not uh, be subjected to badgering from overzealous folks that uh, don't know how to not be so invasive on the internet. <laughs> yeah, it's fun to dream. It is fun to dream. Speaking of which, I wonder who's going to be the next Batwoman. Well, that, that was crazy. Yeah, uh, out of nowhere, uh, Ruby Rose is exiting Batwoman after one season, and the role is going to be recast. Um, yeah, yeah, just a, a complete shock. You know, all the momentum was with uh, her and all the DC uh, TV properties coming off of Crisis on Infinite Earths uh, at the beginning of the year and through the close of all these truncated seasons due to the pandemic. But, um, yeah, she's stepping away from the role. And they, uh, WBCW and Berlancy Productions are saying that they're going to cast a new lead actress and member of the LGBTQ community in the coming months. Um, so, yeah, complete complete damn shock like all of a sudden I'm just you know lounging around looking at my uh, looking at my google chrome feed stories of the day I'm like alright let's see what's going on here oh Ruby Rose exiting I'm like why like 
it was a big thing to get her to to be Batwoman. Like it was like a major coup. Yeah. To get her get her in that role. And uh something scares gotta be something going on. Yeah, um there was speculation that it was related to uh her previous injury on set that she had two herniated discs and uh was close to paralysis. Uh so she had to get surgery for that. She got paralyzed. Um, but they're saying it wasn't that. They're saying it was a, a mutual uh, decision based on uh, issues of production. Uh, there was speculation that she wasn't happy. Uh, whatever it was, uh, it's between her and the production. And kind of, you know, isn't really business to be put out there like that. You know, since we're not on that side of things. So, uh, hopefully, you know, uh, everything works out for her and the show in the future. Um, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, well, the, the the one thing that goes in CW and DCTV and WB's favor is that due to the fact that it's a comic book role, the look, the, the general look of, of Batwoman Kate Kane can change, but the characterization can stay the same. Correct. You know, you know uh, heroes get redrawn all the time. You know, these roles can be recast. It's it's a it's a more than a easy move to, to work with in the future. You know, uh, it'd be see, interesting to see who they end up going with over the next couple months. I'm looking well, forward got, to it. They have some time, right? Because they haven't yeah, they're back. They're back in uh, 2021. Well, most shows. Are. Yeah, so they they got back in 2021. They got some time to find someone to. Uh, they have enough time to find someone to to fill the, the shoes. Yeah. They're right. Yeah. I think they'll be all right. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, that show. Uh, that that whole production staff uh, over there does lots of great casting. And it's the time to do it. It's always after season one. That's actually probably the best time to do it. Yeah. Yeah, you don't want to be like three years into a run and then suddenly find out that, that the lead actress has been, you know, unhappy the whole time. That's, that's, that's not it's a good like, set. It's like what they did with Aunt Viv on Fresh Pins. Hey. Change her out. Make us think like we didn't know what happened. <laughs> like, really? Like, really? You really didn't think that we don't know the difference? <laughs> oh, we do. Oh, we do. You know what else we know? What else do we know? The fact that with uh, Scream 5 on the horizon, more names are going to be returning to the franchise. Yeah, I know. That's right. <laughs> Deputy Dwight Dewey Riley is re-reporting for duty because David Arquette has signed on for Scream 5. Yep, better die. <laughs> you know, better I, die. Hey, you know, I, I think... Uh, I think anybody but Sydney should be up for grabs for this one. I think I think uh, I think we need we need to see survivors in general in uh, later entries of long-standing franchises. So my well, my my official stance is as long as Sydney survives, I'm good. Now, uh, what if, did they kill her? What, what did they kill her early? Who? What would you do? I would hope that it's a good damn story because you got a lot of big shoes to fill at that point. Fair enough. 
Fair enough. Uh, let's see. Other stuff looming on the horizon. We still got a Chucky TV series coming. There was a watch party of Child's Play right while we were recording. And uh, Don Mancini was hitting around with Sci-Fi Wire to talk about uh, plans for the show. So this is a quote. Uh, He says, With this TV show, our mission has been to preserve the straightforward scariness of the original film or the first couple of films. But at the same time, continue on with this ever-expanding tapestry of consistent storytelling that we spun over the course of seven movies and 30-some years. I think fans are really going to love to see new characters that we introduce into this realm and just to see how they come off, came off our classic characters. Not just Chucky, but some of the others that you may be hoping to see. There's a good chance that they may turn up. So, uh, and just side note, Jim Fertilli is coming back. Oh, okay, that's, that's for sure? That's, that is confirmed. Nice. Uh, the, uh, the log line for this one is after a vengeance Chucky doll turns up at a suburban yard sale an idyllic American town is thrown into chaos as a series of horrifying murders begin to expose the town's hypocrisies and secrets meanwhile the arrival of enemies and allies from Chucky's past threaten to expose the truth behind the killings as well as the demon doll's untold origins as a seemingly ordinary I think there's a type later it says ordinary child who somehow became this notorious monster I think they mean seemingly ordinary child's toy who somehow became this notorious monster. Oh, okay. I hope so. Yeah, because if they go into Little Chucky, <laughs> Little Charles Lee Ray, playpen assassin, that's going to be weird. Uh, uh, that, I might have an issue with that. <laughs> I just might have an issue with that. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's going to be you know, pretty weird. But I'm excited. Uh, Don Mancini's enthusiasm for the child's play material through the years has been great so definitely looking forward to when this one hits uh, speaking of other stuff I'm looking forward to and something that hit Shudder today Blood Machines you've been waiting for this one waiting for this one since Turbo Killer dropped uh, the song and video by Carpenter Brute uh, they're back doing the music uh Blood Machines is a spinoff of the Turbo Killer video. Uh, check it out on Shudder. Because I, I watched the first episode and kind of spaced them out. I watched the first episode today. It looks fantastic. How? Now, let me ask you this. How do you how do you have the willpower to not just watch them straight? I just said, I'm going to wait for this one. <laughs> I'm going to wait a little bit. How do you do that? And I just, I just close the app. Yeah, no, I just, I can't. I don't have that kind of willpower. I don't know. I don't know. Like, I fuck around, turn around, I've seen 20 seasons of a show. <laughs> Before I know it. Yeah, I, just, I, I, was, I was like, I just gotta space this one out. Just can't. How long, how long are the uh, episodes? Uh, first one was 18 minutes, second one is 21 Oh, all right. They're short. Yeah. That's why you're spacing them out. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. That I get because you can watch it in a whole hour and you're done. And you're like, yeah. What What else is there in my life? <laughs> okay, that makes more sense then. That makes more sense. 
And speaking of Shudder, you know what they did that made me really happy? Well, they didn't make it free, so that would have been... That would have been cool. You know, having a nice little Shudder sponsorship for the show, that would be awesome. Yes, we love you. But what they did was uh, they got together with RLJE Films... And they picked up a nice little film called Psycho Gorman. Oh, oh, the wrestler. Uh, it, 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 it's a wrestler slash horror comedy. It was not a wrestler. Don't take it seriously with that one. But <laughs> it's a, the upcoming horror comedy by uh, Stephen Kostansky. If I'm getting that name wrong, I apologize. Uh, he's <laughs> you know, behind. We should, we should. Let me just stop you for a second. We need to talk to Mark Warren podcast producer of stars and just cut from every episode you pronouncing people's names like a like a that'd be great. That'd be like a, an apprehensive person that doesn't want to screw shit up. Yes. Yeah, yes, awesome. yes, yes. Put my uncomfortableness with screwing shit up right out there for everyone. Yeah, for everyone. Um, <laughs> just 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 get him for the shame he conjures up for himself. Um he is behind Manborg. Leprechaun returns in the void. Uh, so, Psycho Gorman has been picked up. It's going to get distributed and released. It's going to hit Shutter in 2021. Bring on the gory suit monster action. I'm happy. Damn it. It's been a good year for stuff. Well, without, this, without, without, this, without this damn pandemic. <laughs> Bite your tongue. <laughs> it's been a great year. <laughs> it's been. For it's, stuff that's going to come out next year. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, yeah. Besides the pandemic and and all the horrible stuff, um, genre entertainment has never looked stronger. Cause damn it, I was hoping somebody would get this, and Shutter got it. I'm so happy. Let me tell you, 2021 is gonna be a hell of a year. Yeah. Yep. Uh, stuff in the more near future. Uh, June 12th, we got the Five Bloods hitting Netflix. Uh, a Spike Lee joint, and uh, that trailer is pretty damn good. Black oh, did you see it? Oh yeah. Is it fair? Yeah, I, I did. Serve more than the white Americans that sent yep. you here. Nothing. Uh, looks great. It's a story of um, uh, four African American Vietnam vets decide uh, to make one last trip over, to see if they can find the remains of their squad leader. Um, subject matter. It's a rarity. So, I'm looking forward to seeing how uh, Spike Lee pulls this one off. I thought Black Klansman was pretty damn good. So, it's going to be interesting to see totally how this fits into his overall catalog of films. Uh, June 10th, we got uh, Gina Prince uh, Bythewood's The Old Guard hitting Netflix. That's based on the comic book by Greg Rucka and Leandro Fernandez. Fighters. Uh, starring uh, Charlize Theron. With an extremely rare skill set. And uh, Kiki Lane. Uh, the story of uh, Charlize Theron stars this boy named Andy, a leader of a covert group. A leader of a covert group of tight-knit mercenaries with a mysterious inability to die who have fought to protect the mortal world for centuries. So, uh, if you're curious and you want to see how the material might play in another format, you can always pick up the uh, trade paperback of the old guard. 
Uh, you can read it in time for it dropping. I think she has potential. On July 12th. Got plenty of time to do it. That's right. Plenty of time, and you probably gotta stay home. Well, that's what I meant. Well, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what else do we got going on? Uh, with acquisitions and stuff? We got a ton of stuff. Do you know who's gonna be directing their first horror movie? Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis. That's right. Ha! Ha! You asked me a question and I answered it right away. You answered ah. it right away. You were probably ready. I was ready for that one. You were both ready for Freddy and that news. Uh, that's right. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis and her comic pictures production house have signed a three-year first-look film and television deal with Blumhouse. Uh, the project that they're working for this directorial debut is called Mother Nature and uh, looks to be centered around climate change. So, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis is going to be directing and co-writing the script with... Uh, she's directing it solo, co-writing the script with Russell Goldman. So... Oh. Uh, she's also directing uh, How We Sleep at Night, the Sarah Cunningham story for Lifetime. So whichever one hits first is going to be her first, uh, her debut as a feature director. It's going to be on Lifetime? Well, no, no. The the second movie I mentioned. No, no, I know that. Yeah. Yeah, it's it, it doesn't count. <laughs> I mean, it counts, but, but for horror it's purposes. A, it's, it, it's a life, no, no, it's a Lifetime movie. So. Uh, it, yeah. For purposes of directorial debuts, we're not gonna. Most people would not would not mention something on, on TV as de- directorial debut. Well, it's up to the person that wants to mention it. I'm just putting it out there. I just I just present these things, and we take them as such. I would not say such things. My mom watches the Lifetime Channel. For, she's retired, so she's home a lot. She watches a lot of TV. So between her judge shows. Which are like there's so many court TV shows now, it's ridiculous. Besides Judge Judy, People's Court, and all that, she watches this all day. And there's Lifetime. There's always a Lifetime movie. There's always a Lifetime movie on. There's so many of them. Like I don't know how they 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 may have the biggest catalog in the world. Lifetime. Forget forget you know Disney and Fox. Lifetime. I I put my money on them. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. They have like 15 Candace Cameron Christmas movies. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, just stating facts over here. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I know one thing they don't have. Is this a professional segue? Yeah. I know that Lifetime does not have a movie in which Jason Momoa is a vampire and Peter Dinklage is Van Helsing. Wait, what? That's right. Uh, they are reuniting because they're both on Game of Thrones. Wait, what? Yes. Um, it's an action horror movie called Good, Bad, and Undead, uh, based on an original idea by Damon Shannon and Mark Swift, um, two people who have done wonders for uh, the horror movie genre, and that they wrote Freddy vs. Jason and the 2009. Reimagining of Friday the Thirteenth. So now they are taking their talents to an original idea. The plot synopsis is this: Dinklage, play Van Helsing, last in a long line of vampire hunters, 
He develops an uneasy partnership with a vampire, played by Jason Momoa, who's taken a vow to never kill again. Together, they run a scam from town to town, where Van Helsing pretends to vanquish the vampire for money. But when a massive bounty is put on the vampire's head, everything in this dangerous world full of monsters and magic is now after them. Uh, so not only are they starring in this fantastic idea, <laughs> they're also producing it as well. So it's like a vampire... Vampire hunter... Buddy cop... Version of the Frighteners, yes. With a little snatch thrown in there. Yep. Nice. I can dig it. Yep. Definitely on the list of things to look forward to. Definitely. That's... that's that's. I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> Speaking of other things I wasn't expecting, Edgar Wright and Joe Cornish are teaming up and bringing their production talents to Netflix. Uh, along with Nira Park and Rachel Pryor, uh, they're launching a new production company called Complete Fiction. Projects are starting up there. They're going to have Lockwood and Company. It's a supernatural action-adventure detective series based on the novels by Jonathan Stroud. Also, there's a sci-fi horror trilogy uh, from novelist Tay Thompson called The Murders of Mo Molly Southbourne. And a uh, historical fan fantasy series inspired by Islamic folklore, The City of Brass. The, and hey, hey, uh, apologies if I mispronounced this. Da! The David, David, David. Now I'm super self-conscious. Yes. <laughs> that was my plan all along. <laughs> the David, uh, Damn it! <laughs> the Dave Abad trilogy. Jesus Christ. Sorry, pronunciation lords. <sighs> from, from author S.A. Chakraborty. Jeez. <sighs> that makes me so nervous. I hate it. I hate that feeling. So yeah, it's great today. They, um, they're getting together with Netflix to bring some new New properties to, to us in the future. We have a, we have a on the spot. That oh, just, that just came through. It just came through. Well, you know what? Um, I got two more things. Okay, just to let you know. Uh, because Blumhouse is getting together with uh, director Issa Lopez, who did Tigers Are Not Afraid, uh, for a horror movie called. Our Lady of Tears. Um, it's going to be based on the recently published Epic Magazine article, The Haunting of Girlstown. That's published on Box if you guys want to check it out. Um, the article itself focuses on a mass hysteria epidemic with supernatural roots. It took place in 2007. It spread through the uh, Villa de las Niñas. All girls. Oh, that school. you say that you say with no problem. I took a little bit of Spanish and I didn't want to really betray the six years of Spanish I took through middle school and high school. Gotcha. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> but that was 20 years ago, so that probably sounded bad, too. Eliana <laughs> um, uh, can stay. See. <laughs> si. Oh, jeez. Uh, <laughs> the school itself recruited isolated, socially neglected girls coming from families living in extreme poverty and in remote areas of Mexico. Uh... Miss Lopez says, the moment I read the epic article, I knew I wanted to tell the story. 
I'm a self-attended at Catholic school in Mexico City. I grew up on a steady diet of supernatural visitations and miracles and of the real-life horrors that young girls who grow up in poverty face every day in Mexico and around the world. Having a chance to tell that story with Jason and his team produces so, such socially incisive genre classics like Get Out and of so many true horror gems is a huge privilege. I couldn't be more excited about this movie. Uh, that was her words about the project. That's Issa Lopez. Uh, Our Lady of Tears will be produced in by Blumhouse in association with Epic Media. So yeah, coming off of all the greatness that uh, Tigers and Not Afraid was, we're now getting this another horror movie. So more horror, more better. That's absolutely C. correct. C. <laughs> uh, you know what else is good? C. <laughs> horror westerns. What? Horror westerns. Oh, horror westerns, absolutely. Well, westerns uh, in general, but westerns horror ju- western. Yeah. Oh yeah. When when you combine genres, count us in. RLJE Films and Shutter. That's Shutter again coming in in the clutch. Uh, have picked up Fangoria's horror western, The Pale Door, for August. Uh, it's going to be executive produced by Joe R. Lansdale. That name sounds familiar. Boba Hotep. That's why it sounds familiar. Uh, Fangoria and uh, directed by Aaron B. Kuntz. Uh, it is going to be hitting digital and video on demand in August and shutter at a later date. In the film, the Dalton gang finds shelter in a seemingly uninhabited ghost town after a train robbery goes south. Seeking help for their wounded leader, they're surprised to stumble on a welcoming brothel in the town square. But the beautiful women who greet them are actually a coven of witches with very sinister plans for the unsuspecting outlaws. You know, it's always a good time when there's a coven of witches uh, involved. Coven of witches? Yep. Western? Yep. Seemingly uninhabited ghost town? Uh-huh. Bring it all on. Oh, that's right. Oh, ghost town. Ghost town. But you know what's not a ghost town? I mean, most of the USA right now is a ghost town. This is true. Our DMs. Oh, no, you're right. Because. Okay. It's time for us to be put on the spot. All right, I got I got this one. It's my turn. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. So, from our lovely podcast producer to the stars Mark Warren, this week's on the spot brought to you by no one. <laughs> What's we'll sponsors? We'll take we will take any sponsor. Well, not any sponsor. You know, not any sponsor. Not, not like not the NRA or anything like that. No, no. no. Miller High Life, talk to me. <laughs> Yingling, <laughs> definitely. Yeah, Oktoberfest, Das Oktoberfest. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, what? Right. In light of the Zack Snyder DC news, talk about a dream team matchup of a director and DC movie that you'd like to see them direct. Interesting. Thank you, Mark, for the question. You know. I, I, this is, this is, uh, I, I need some time to think about this one. Not too much time, but, who, what DC character, I think I'm more, cons- 
more worried about the character who I really want to see, considering all the ones that are coming out. Especially with uh, Black Adam having his own movie coming out, which is awesome. Yeah. I've always, I've always, I've always been a big Doctor Fate mark, and um, who would, man, who would I, who would I want to direct that? You know, if he wasn't doing uh, Doctor Strange too, Sam Raimi would do an excellent Doctor Fate movie. Oh yeah, definitely. And because it's on the spot, it doesn't matter. He can do it. So ha, that's ha. Cool. There you go. Doctor Fate by Sam Raimi. Okay. Should I do a bonus and cast it? I mean, if if you want, I'm not gonna cast mine, but. Okay, then I'm not gonna do it. Okay. Um, give me uh, Lexi Alexander, director of Punisher Warzone, and I would like to see what she does with the material in Gail Simone's run of Secret Six. Oh, nice. Uh, Secret Six is it's kind of set up. It is it spins out of some spins out of infinite crisis in the storyline called villains united in which um all the villains got together to run jobs and commit crimes <laughs> and all this stuff and secret six are, are like the, the kind of the cast-offs you've got uh got Catman, deadshot ragdoll uh scandal savage which is the new character knockout which is like uh, from apocalypse there's a parademon from Apocalypse running around. Well, actually, Knockout's like a, a new god or something. I have to, I have to, I'm getting stuff confused. My brain's going nuts. Anyway, um, they're like this own their own team of misfits, and I think Lexi Alexander could do a lot of stuff with the action and uh, the the lead roles there as far as how they're put on screen. It's very well thought out and articulated. <laughs> response Adam <laughs> thanks I think <laughs> I feel like this is one time we were put on the spot and you came very quickly with that answer I have a lot of stuff in my head I know you do I don't know how you wade through it so quickly sometimes well here's the thing here we go I don't know it either, and it frightens me. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Like I'm quick-witted, and there's a difference. Like things just come to my head when I'm trying to. When I'm not trying. Well, if I'm making if I'm making fun of somebody, I don't know. It just happens. I don't. I don't mean it. It just comes out. It's like light and quick. Like my reflexes are. It's 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 really uncanny. But what you just did right now, I'm pr- I'm, pr- I'm proud of you. Oh. Wait, I'm proud of you. To quote to quote uh, Sean and uh, Gus from from Psych, I'm proud of you. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, uh, we will not get any better than a proud quote from Psych. So with that said. Thank you, Carlos, for being proud of me. I appreciate it. 
This has been another episode of It's Them Damn Enchiladas, the podcast. If you enjoyed the show, you can leave us a voicemail at 443-906-0040. If we read it on air, you're officially part of the Inchpop. As always, podcast producer for stars, Mark Warren, has been responsible for making the sound oh so spectacular. So thank you for all that you do, Mark. You got it! Until next time, please, by all means, just take care of each other. Have some fun. Watch horror movies. Look out for one another. Play some damn video games. Stay safe and hydrate, 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 hydrate. Thank you for listening and goodbye. Bye. What's with all the monsters on tonight? For every child, there is one time, one adventure, and one psycho. I will bathe in your blood. Cool. That makes all their dreams come true. He's gonna kill everybody if we take him anywhere. Not unless I tell him to. Oh, For Mimi, that time is now. And that friend is Psycho Goldman. Or PG for short. I will kill you. PG. Rated R.